Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Herd Roundup, your weekly look back at Thundering Herd Athletics. And now this week's edition of Herd Roundup. And ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome to Herd Roundup, the only show on the air that recaps the week that was in Marshall University Athletics. I'm Ben Cower. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Ahead on this week's edition of Herd Roundup, we will update you on Marshall football, men's and women's soccer, volleyball, and the rest of the news in Marshall Athletics. But first on this edition of Herd Roundup, Marshall basketball, both men's and women's, returned to the court for the first time in months last night in front of their fans, or its fans, I should say, at the second annual Hoops in Huntington event hosted by Marshall Athletics. FM 88 Sports' Jonathan Edwards has the report. The second annual Hoops in Huntington event took place on Thursday evening on 3rd Avenue. What some considered as an experiment last year when the idea surfaced now comes into its second year as another success. I spoke with members of the 2023 Marshall women's basketball team to hear about what changes might be visible on and off the court. Head coach Kim Caldwell kicks off her first year at the helm for Marshall after putting a lot of eyes on Glenville State over the past several years. In the last two seasons alone, Caldwell led Glenville to a combined 68-4 record, along with a Division II National Championship. She aims to bring a healthy change to the culture surrounding the women's basketball program here at Marshall University. You know, it's going to take some time. Anytime you have to rebuild a culture, it, just, it takes a while. You have a lot of new players and it's 17 players and one coach and so sometimes it takes some time to chip away at it and hopefully once we can get it rolling we don't ever have to look back. With Coach Caldwell's expectations made known, veteran players are already buying in. Abby Beeman, the senior point guard who led the herd in scoring last year, is ready to step up once again. Yeah, just doing whatever she asked us to do. If she asked me to lead, I try to do that as best of my ability. Whatever she asked of me, I'm trying to make it easier on her so that her transition's smoother and so is mine. After coming off a freshman year that included a game where she racked up her season-best 17 points, sophomore Sydney Scott is looking to stay involved in the new and improved game plan by adapting to the faster pace. We're at like a faster pace this year and I can actually like I've been working on getting to the basket more. I feel like I can work on my three and getting to the basket. So I feel like that can be more points added. The 2023 Marshall women's basketball season tips off October 29th in the Cam Henderson Center when the herd faces off against U-Pike in what is being referred to as the fans' first game. From FM 88 Sports, I'm Jonathan Edwards. Thanks, Jonathan. Now on to Marshall men's and women's golf. Starting with men who competed at the Virtues Intercollegiate in Nashport, Ohio this past week. Marshall Men's Golf tied for fourth place at the Virtues Intercollegiate, which completed play on Tuesday. Marshall Jr. Ryan Bilby finished just one shot out of first place, finishing at eight under par, also tying for fourth. Marshall as a team tied with host Miami of Ohio for fourth place at 10 under par. And the herd was just one shot back of JMU and George Washington, both at 11 under by day's end. The best rounds of the day for Marshall came from Tyler Jones and Clayton Thomas, who each shot even par 72s to lead the way. Bilby, who was the day one leader, shot a final round 74, along with teammate Joseph Kalaski. Christian Boyd also tallied a 75 for the herd to close out his tournament. Marshall Men's Golf travels next to the Tom Tontamonia Invitational, hosted by Cleveland State, October 1st through 2nd. And now on to Marshall Women's Golf, where it competed at the Jennifer Duke Invitational this past week. 
FM 88 Sports Ben Westfall has the recap. On Monday, September 11th, and Tuesday, September 12th, the Marshall women's golf team traveled to Cincinnati, Ohio to compete in the Jennifer Duke Invitational, an event hosted by Cincinnati University. The tournament spanning two days consisted of three rounds. Head coach Brooke Burkhammer had to give her girls some encouragement after round one. After our first day, I told the girls, looking back at our scores, how we started the tournament and how we finished the day. I think that was holding us back. And so I kind of challenged them. Going into that final round, hey, we need to have a goal of some sort to like par our first hole and par our last hole. In the tournament, Marshall had three girls finish in the top 20 overall. Olivia Cochin finished 7th, Emily McGlatchey finished 12th, and Casey McElfain finished 17th. Coach Burkhammer was happy but not surprised by their performance. They're just so steady. You know, Olivia's been really steady for us. You know, she's just so consistent. Emily's the same way. You know, Emily's steady. You know, Emily's consistent. Casey comes in and I can see her being the same way and being a huge help for us. Somebody that we can really rely on. Golfer Olivia Cochin, who finished at the top individually for the herd, expressed her joy for herself and for the team. It was really fun. It was awesome. I think that might be one of my top finishes, but I was happy. I was excited. I was more excited for the team than myself. Marshall would finish second overall in the Invitational, only behind Western Kentucky. Marshall is in a little break before their next competition in Indianapolis, Indiana, on October 2nd and October 3rd for the Butler Fall Invitational. Coach Burkhammer knows what her team needs to do heading into the Invitational. We've had some time to practice, you know, had some time to work on our games. A few of the girls have seen the golf course before. It's really kind of like the golf course we were just at. Bent grass, bent greens. It's mostly about finding the fairways, being able to two putt as much as we can, but mostly just trying to take the same consistency that we just had and just keep carrying on through the semester. The herd will look to expand on their good start in Indianapolis on October 2nd. For FM88 Sports, I am Ben Westfall. Thanks, Ben. Right now, we are going to step aside for a short break. When we return, we will update you on Marshall softball and baseball. You are listening to Herd Roundup. Hey. Oh, d- hey, Deb. I thought you were the radon test guys. The who test guys? Didn't you see the paper Sunday? The Surgeon General issued another lung cancer warning. Oh, like the cigarette warning? Yeah. They're saying we have to get our houses tested for radon. I don't smell any radon in my house. Oh, that's because radon is an odorless, colorless, tasteless gas that seeps into your house from underground. Does this story have a happy ending? Yeah. You'll be a lot happier once you get your house tested. Learn more. Visit the EPA at epa.gov radon. That's epa.gov radon. Hi, this is Marshall Swimming and Diving head coach Ian Walsh, and you're listening to Thundering Herd Athletics on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Herd Roundup, the only show on the air that recaps the week that was in Marshall Athletics. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Ben Cower. This afternoon, Marshall softball will compete against the University of Charleston in its third of six scheduled fall ball events across September and October. FM 88 Sports' Sean Kelly has the preview. With Marshall softball already into the swing of its fall exhibition matches, these next three days are busier than the team's usual fall schedule. The action kicks off this afternoon against the University of Charleston. Junior pitcher and utility player Bub Faringa says the key to the team's success is in keeping the same level of play in these longer games, especially against a familiar opponent. We just got to keep the same energy throughout the entire game. I think sometimes when we're playing those 12 innings, 14 inning games, it kind of gets a little sluggish at the end of it. But I think when we're playing UC this weekend, I think it's going to be a little bit different. We know a lot of people on the other team, and so I think it's just going to be a different energy level this weekend. 
Redshirt sophomore second baseman Brooklyn Ulrich points to the team's efficiency in the box and in the field as something to focus on. We got to attack early, get runners on, get defense in and out, and work for our pitchers a lot. Pitchers have the best innings when they have to face the fewest batters. It takes a lot of stress off their shoulders, and since our pitching staff is going three innings and then rotating, we got to make sure that we're making them look good by fielding behind them. On top of today's game, this weekend the team will host its inaugural Marshall Softball Home Run Derby. With pledges available to back players or coaches in the event, each contestant will get 10 pitches to hit. The pledges will be donated benefiting the team based on the number of home runs each player hits and based on one's farthest home run distance. Inside the clubhouse, there has already been speculation regarding the favorite to lead the team in home runs during Sunday's derby. Above, as one of them, she's definitely one of our main power hitters and Riley Lucas, of course. It's going to be fun to see, though. Everybody just having fun on Sunday, so mm -hmm. I'm excited. It's going to be very relaxed, low pressure, just seeing all the girls have fun and all of our personalities just come out. Today's late afternoon matchup versus the University of Charleston Golden Eagles is already in progress, with first pitch slated for 4.15 p.m. from Dot Hicks Field. Sunday's inaugural Marshall Softball Home Run Derby fundraiser will begin at 12 o'clock p.m. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks, Sean. Now on to Marshall Baseball News, where FM 88 Sports' Ray Reinierson caught up with head coach Greg Beals to chat about Marshall's almost finished but brand new baseball stadium. Head coach Greg Beals gives an insight on what it means finally getting a new home and the impact it will have. Personally, it's, you know, it, it's a blessing because I know the the pain and some of the angst that have that have been involved with you know getting this getting to this point with, with with a new facility but more importantly not about me it's about the program and it's about the players that are in the program and what it's going to mean is it's going to give Marshall baseball a home you know for the first time an actual home a home field locker room meeting rooms indoor batting cages the Alex Lawrence Clubhouse out in left field is going to be such a critical piece to, to our program because that's where the culture is really going to grow and develop. After talking about the impact of Marshall Baseball's new home, he also explains that with this facility, they can really hammer down on its culture. Yeah, well, our culture is defined by our three core values, elite preparation, competitive toughness, and brotherhood. And, you know, those words mean so much. Compete. It's about competing. It's about preparing. It's about being a teammate. But using the words like elite and toughness and, and brotherhood, the, you know, all those things tie in and that builds the culture. I firmly believe if we develop that culture, we have the talent and we'll continue to bring in talent that if we can create a culture that fuels the training of that talent, that the win and losing will take care of itself. Not only is it an impact for the community, but also impacts herd baseball for years to come. Here's Coach Beals with more. We have a talented coaching staff. But it takes talented players uh, for success to happen. And the recruiting is going to continue to grow with, with the new ballpark and the more that we're going to be able to show and the, the recruiting will continue to grow. And that's such a big piece that you have that lifeline of high-quality student-athletes. That's really the biggest point. Marshall Baseball gets to put its new culture in motion while it waits on the finishing touches on its new home. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Ray Ranier. Thanks, Ray. Now we are going to step aside for another short break. When we return, we will update you on Marshall men's and women's soccer, as well as the rest of Marshall sports. You're listening to Herd Roundup. 
Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America, changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, to your own parents, to your friends. But when it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, this is Marshall Head Volleyball Coach Ari Agnes, and you're listening to the worldwide leader in martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Herd Roundup, the only show on the air that recaps the week that was in martial athletics. I'm Ben Cower. And I'm Luke Hamilton. In Marshall Tennis News, the Marshall University tennis team closed out Thunder in the Mountains with singles action against Cleveland State on Sunday, winning six matches. In singles action against the Vikings, Emma Vanderhaden, Dereja Djokovic, Ailing McGrain, and Jayla Lopicic, Emily Schutt, and Sofia Hurion all took their contest in straight sets with Hurion not dropping a game. Meanwhile, in Marshall women's soccer news, this past Sunday, the South Alabama Jaguars traveled to Huntington to face off versus the Thundering Herd in a Sunbelt Conference showdown. Here's FM 88 Sports' Jonathan Edwards with the recap. This past Sunday, the Marshall Thundering Herd women's soccer team played host to the South Alabama Jaguars at Hoops Family Field in a Sunbelt Conference interdivisional matchup. The undefeated leaders of the Sunbelt West Division came to Huntington, West Virginia to take on a Thundering Herd team that had lost its previous three games. A majority of the first half of play was back and forth defensively between the two teams before the Jaguars freshman Irene Campo put the ball in net in the 34th minute. Jacobs on the far side of Green, guarded closely. Green tries to cross in, gets it to Holler, who puts it right in the back of the net, and a goal for South Alabama. South Alabama would take the 1-0 lead and hold it through the halftime break. Moving on to the second half, an utterly aggressive bout between the two teams continued. South Alabama would earn the insurance goal in the 57th minute, courtesy of Gracie Wilson. On the far side, tries to get it to Jacobs. Jacobs tries to cross it over, and nobody! The Jader locks out of the goal. Wilson shoots it wide open, puts it in the left side of the net. And South Alabama, just like that, now takes a 2-0 lead here in the 57th minute. That was her fourth goal of the season. Marshall finished the game without a single shot on goal for the second time this season after the same fate occurred against Liberty. Marshall freshman Ashlyn Dreyer stepped in as goalkeeper for the Herd with the usual starter Alexis Wolgamuth out with injury. Dreyer made one save on three shots. Marshall women's soccer is back in action this Saturday at 6 p.m. when it takes the trip to Troy as the Herd looks to end the four-game skid and earn its first Sunbelt win of the 2023 season. For FM88 Sports, I'm Jonathan Edwards. Thanks, Jonathan.
Now on to Marshall men's soccer, where this past Wednesday, the number one ranked college men's soccer team in the country, the Marshall University men's soccer team secured its sixth shutout of the season and a 1-0 win on the road over the VCU Rams in Richmond, Virginia to close non-conference play and improve to a still undefeated 9-0 in 2023. The win matches the team's program record nine-match win streak set in 1997 and breaks its winning streak of eight matches against D1 opponents set during the same year. The lone goal of the contest came in the 77th minute on the road as Matthew Bell attacked down the left wing and found Joao Roberto. Roberto, in turn, dished a pass to Theo Goddard, who slipped the ball into the bottom left corner of the net for his first goal of the season. The assist was Roberto's first of the season, with Bell registering his sixth assist in 2023 and extending his point streak to five straight matches. Gabriel Perota excuse me, played a huge role in preserving the win for Marshall, recording his ninth win and fifth solo shutout of the season. The Paraguayan goalkeeper made a pair of saves in the first half and then came up with three crucial second-half stops, including a pair of saves 19 seconds apart between the 64 and 65th minute marks of the match. The Thundering Herd outshot the Rams 18-9 with each with each side recording five shots on goal. Number one, Marshall closes out its road trip with a Sunbelt Conference matchup at Georgia Southern on Sunday at 7 p.m. Now on to Marshall Swimming and Diving, where its season will begin this Saturday with its green and white meet. FM 88 Sports' John Bogus has the preview. The sun rises on a new season for the Marshall Swimming and Diving team, as it will compete in its first meet of the season tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. The team will compete in an intra-squad meet at the Frederick A. Fitch Natatorium for the Green and White meet. Coach Ian Walsh and senior swimmer Madeline Hart said on WMUL-FM 88.1's premier talk show, Sports View, that the meet is a good opportunity to gauge where the team is at. We've done some different things in training early on, and we're just excited to get the girls racing because the following week we're going up to Morgantown, and that'll be kind of our first big test. We're excited to see where the team's at. It's going to be really fun, and it's laid back, and a lot of parents and alumni are coming into town, so it just makes it a little more special. The meet falls during Marshall's homecoming week. The team is already prepared for competition with fun activities throughout the week, such as Ultimate Frisbee at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Coach Walsh said these activities help prep the team for the event. This week, uh, the Ultimate Frisbee you saw online, we kind of like every day we kind of have a theme, so we have our team green, team white, so we just stir up a little competitive juices leading into the weekend. The event will feature 16 events for fans to witness in Huntington, West Virginia. For FM 88 Sports, I'm John Bogus. Thanks, John. Now on to Marshall Volleyball, where just last night it bested Sunbelt Conference foes Georgia State on the road in Atlanta, winning the match three sets to one. Lydia Montague reg- registered excuse me, a season-high 16 kills in a match, while Essence Clerkley compiled 12 kills on 22 attacks. Bryn Brown recorded another double-double with 20 assists and 14 kills with Bella Thompson having a match-high 25 assists for the Thundering Herd and Peyton Neal finishing with a game-high 20 digs. After the first set was tied one-all early on, Marshall never let Georgia State back in the opening set. The Herd captured that opening set 25-22. The Panthers then tied the match by taking the second set 25-20 and Marshall responded by trailing just once the rest of the match. The third set was a show of dominance from the Thundering Herd, as from the first serve to set point, 
25 to 14 was the final score with a team best point 273 hitting percentage and it held Georgia State to a negative point 056 hitting percentage so certainly impressive for the thundering herd and the Panthers led 2 to 1 early in the fourth but Marshall went on a 6-0 run with three Georgia State errors and a pair of blocks alongside a Sarah Wadsworth kill to take a 7-2 lead. The Herd cruise the rest of the way to a 25-21 victory in the fourth set to seal the match. Marshall also played Georgia State earlier today, with that match beginning at 2 p.m. as uh, the match ended just about 20 minutes ago, and the Marshall Thundering Herd fell in five sets. It went to five sets, but it fell in those five sets 2-3 to three, as Georgia State evened out that series one all again in Atlanta. And finally, this week on Herd Roundup, Marshall football bested Virginia Tech this past weekend. It's third victory versus a Power 5 program under head coach Charles Huff. This past weekend in Huntington, winning the game 17-24. The game was sold out, over 31,000 in attendance to watch as Marshall's Rasheen Ali rushed for 174 yards and two touchdowns, and the Thundering Herd defense got a critical fourth down stop late to solidify its 24-17 win over the ACC's Virginia Tech Hokies. The win was Marshall's first over a Power 5 opponent in Huntington since defeating Purdue 41-31 on September 6, 2015. And uh, Rasheen Ali, also the Offensive Player of the Week in the Sun Belt, but Marshall led 17-10 at halftime and extended that lead 24-10 on Rasheen Ali's one-yard touchdown run with 7 minutes, 22 seconds remaining left in the third quarter, which came after Ali broke loose on a 61-yard run that put the herd in the red zone. Virginia Tech then scored late to make the score 17-24, a one-score bout, but it was not enough. Marshall starting quarterback Cam Fancher finished 16-27 of for 166 yards with the touchdown pass and two interceptions. Defensively, Micah Abraham led the defense, continuing his strong play on the outside with three pass breakups, while defensive back Carrion Martin also set a career high with nine tackles in the win. Marshall now faces off in its first Sun Belt contest of the season as Old Dominion visits Jones C. Edwards Stadium tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. for this year's homecoming game. FM 88 Sports will have the coverage of tomorrow's matchup right here on WMUL-FM, with pregame coverage beginning at 2.30 p.m. and game coverage beginning at 3.30 p.m. FM 88 Sports' Ben Cower, Ben Westfall, and Kyle Spalding will all be on the call from the Ernie Salvatore Press Box. And that will do it for this week's edition of Herd Roundup. Tune in again next week as we recap all the news for the week that was in Marshall Athletics. For Jonathan Edwards, Ben Westfall, Sean Kelly, Ray Reinerson, John Bogus, and the rest of the FM 88 Sports team, I'm Ben Cower. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Thanks for listening to another edition of Herd Roundup. Don't forget to check out our entire broadcast schedule on our website at www.marshall.edu slash WMUL. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WMUL underscore sports for more on the Thundering Herd. Thanks for listening to Herd Roundup. Tune in again next week at 530 for the most complete coverage of Thundering Herd Athletics on 88.1 WMUL. You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.